Baker Mayfield, undraftable, off my board. The Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Welcome in to the OBR Film Breakdown. Your host, Jake Burns. We are going to spend a majority of the time on this episode talking about previewing the Jags, a little bit of the Browns, but there's not a ton to preview quite yet. Kind of getting official word on who's going to play and who's not. If you paid attention today, the 13th day of training camp was obviously adjusted. There was some inclement weather coming into Cleveland and the inclement weather was clearly across all of Ohio as I lost power a good portion of the earlier part of my evening. Couldn't do the Twitch stream. I do apologize for that, but no power, no internet. It's just impossible to do. Uh, not going to stream something at 11 o'clock at night, but we did get power back, so I'm able to record something here. Recorded with some Jaguars guests. Our guys, Blue Wire friends, down by the bank uh, are going to... Uh, appear on this show, which is which is going to be a great a great show. I think they do, like I said, a great job uh, with their Jacksonville content. They have a great fan base, and I wanted to chat with them about a ton of stuff because, as you know, a big deal was struck tonight as Joe Schobert is shipped down to Jacksonville for a return that is unknown. But Schobert is shipped down to Jacksonville to to Pittsburgh. Uh, he shipped out of Jacksonville to Pittsburgh, and that's it's unfortunate because now we have to see a former Cleveland Brown uh, twice a year. Kind of similar to uh, the Joe Hayden connection to Cleveland, as Joe Hayden has been in, in Pittsburgh for a significant amount of time. I like Joe, like him as a person. I think he seems to be a fantastic and has a fantastic family. His wife is very Megan, very active on Twitter, but it doesn't move the needle much for me. I thought Joe was a, a he's just a fine linebacker. He's okay. Uh, is he a, a massive upgrade from who they were playing at that position? Robert Spillane, maybe. The Browns picked on Spillane in the playoffs. I don't think Joe is that much better. Had a really poor coverage grade last year. Okay run defense-wise, but missed a ton of tackles, which has been a problem for him through his career. I just don't think it moves the needle much. So there's a contingent of Browns Twitter that is in love with Joe Schobert. I am not that guy from a player perspective, from a person, from a what he does off the field, all of it great. I just think the Browns made the right move not to pay for him. B.J. Goodson was better than him last year on the field. I think it's obvious when Joe is shipped off this late in camp for a, a relatively unproven backup player that is now stepping into the role, which we will talk again with our guests about. I'm just not all too worried. So, yeah, it's I guess it's an okay thing for Pittsburgh. It tells you what the value of Joe Schobert was in a place that just gave him a ton of money. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just it's, it doesn't move the needle much for me. So I wish Joe success, except for two times a year when they when they do venture into Cleveland and when Cleveland goes to Pittsburgh. Otherwise, practice shirt and shorts. Really humid day outside, especially up in Cleveland as they were beating the weather. It does give them a pretty good feel for what they're going to be walking into down in Jacksonville. But yeah, you get the point. But it's it was not a full speed day all the time thing. Uh, there's some some work that Baker Mayfield clearly got. There's some videos out there. I put one up on my feed to throw to Austin Hooper, a touchdown throw. They used him early on. But the second part of practice, as we have now started to figure out, is going to be driven mostly by the reserve players who are on the field uh, coming Saturday. It's going to be 
It's going to be Case Keenum and a bunch of reserve, which will be a good chance for guys like Austin Hooper, good ch- or, or, sorry, uh, Drew Forbes, Nick Harris, Michael Dunn. Some of these guys we want to see battle for these end-of-the-roster spots at their positions. It's going to be great to see them getting real opportunities uh, to prove themselves. Kevin Stefanski, again, noted that they will be resting a significant amount of their players, and um, that's the smart move, especially traveling down there and a team like Jacksonville is trying to get everything figured out. Uh, they have three preseason games. They're going to be full go-ahead. They're going to be going after, proving their spots, trying to make the team, doing all of those things, and I just wouldn't risk my best players being on the field for those things. I really wouldn't. You know, The Giants and Atlanta, to me, make way more sense as real true tune-up games. So otherwise, uh, there's, there's notes here. I have a video of Harrison Bryant making a heck of a catch uh, in the end zone, but maybe was a push-off. Who knows? Again, these things are sort of subjective when you're watching these videos uh some other things that i saw notably across camp was that uh they went across the field thanked the fans which i thought was really really cool uh to see them go across and thank the fans because they started an hour early so those fans who did make it especially for boring shirt and short practices where there's a lot of walkthroughs going on and a lot of things that are more mental you're two game two days out from the game you're doing a ton more mental stuff they'll do a walkthrough on friday and then fly down there on Friday too, but it's it's just it's very mental based. It's half speed, court three quarter speed, not full speed. Not trying to get anybody dinged up, anything crazy. So uh, the fans who did stick it out, kudos to you. But the Schobert thing, I think, is definitely of interest. We're going to talk to our guest not only today. We'll have a game day podcast for you where we'll talk about it a little bit too. We'll tie it into Pittsburgh later on in the season. But you know, getting the opinion of the place that he was, the place that he signed, the place that he played a year is always interesting because. For better or worse, the decision the Browns made at linebacker, we have to talk about uh, what the result of that that outcome was for the Browns. Seems like they made the right decision. Now we get to see Joe back in our face again. So that part will be interesting. Again, though, let's talk, let's talk Jackson. I think it's good for us to get some perspective on where this team is. Uh, makes the game a bit more enjoyable because you understand what storylines matter to Jacksonville. And I think they're on a similar path to Cleveland in terms of they go 1-15, they get the first overall pick, they take a quarterback, they make a coaching change. We know the storylines are big too. The Urban Meyer storyline we're all connected to as Ohio fans, Ohio people, some of us Ohio State fans, some of us not, but Urban is a notable historic college figure. And then the Tim Tebow stuff that's out there too and kind of festering and all of that. So um, yeah, a lot of really good insights from these guys. I do hope you enjoy it. And make sure you follow them. They will give you your at their ats on Twitter at the end of this and where you can find their podcast should you be interested in some Jacksonville Jaguars content. So let's get over to that interview right now. All right, welcome in to the show tonight. This is a crossover show. We got a great thing going here. So I'm not going to introduce this as my show because this is an everybody type of show tonight. I got two guys from down by the bank who do a fantastic job on the podcast covering the Jaguars. The Browns, unfortunately, don't play the Jags in the regular season this year. The old old school uh, conference battle back when it was, what, the AFC Central? Back when yeah. that was a thing that, you know, we used to have a little thing going there. But I'm Jake Burns. I'll let my two colleagues. I, I run uh, the OBR film breakdown covering the Browns here in Cleveland, and I'll let my two guys here introduce themselves, and we'll get rolling and talk some Browns-Jags. Jake, hey, man, I appreciate it. This is JK3 with Down by the Bank. Uh, super excited for the NFL season to kick off. Uh, super gracious for your time, man, and uh, can't wait to chop it up with you here on the pod. Hey, hey, Jake, thanks again. This is Derek with Down by the Bank. Uh, 
love, you know, partnering up with you. Uh, as long as I, we can talk a little ball, maybe I can take a shot at some Jets fans in the process. If you Browns fans <laughs> don't like Jets, uh, those dang paper airplanes, that'll be good too. <laughs> Let's do it, man. We don't, we don't, we don't appreciate anybody in the AFC if we don't have to appreciate them, right? Um, so yeah, well, let's talk. Let's talk the big thing here. I mean, Cleveland for for once in their shaky history has seemed to put together some consistency, and they there there's really not a ton of great storylines that equal to I think what's going on in Jacksonville, which is two huge personalities arrive. You know, you 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 bring in not listen. If I can say two two huge personalities and not include Tim Tebow, there's something going on down in Jacksonville. So I want to talk <laughs> first about Urban and Trevor Lawrence. We'll start with Urban. Like, what's the feel? Were you guys? This is interesting because the college jump is not a thing that's always, it's not always a thing that works out perfectly. We've seen numerous examples of where that can go wrong. Were you all in on Urban from his Florida days? You believed in him? You think he can do it? Or was there like a little bit of apprehension about what he's going to bring to the NFL level? I loved it. Derek, Derek hates it because Derek's a Florida State fan. I'm no, a Florida no, fan. So, no. no. <laughs> No, no. See, you're explaining it all wrong again. Uh, get started with the college stuff. This is the NFL show. We can leave the college stuff for another day. Now, Jake, what I said was the courtship will be great. The engagement and the marriage will be fantastic. And as typical urban style, the divorce could get ugly. That's just kind of where I leave it at. So right now we're in the, you know, engagement soon to be married as soon as the season starts. We'll see how long that good period lasts. But then once the divorce papers and gets rolling out, <laughs> then we might, it might get a little bit ugly. No, no there's no, there's not going to be a divorce. It's going to be a happy till death do us part. <laughs> and, you know, hopefully that death comes maybe, th- you know, four Super Bowl appearances. We've got three Lombardies out of it. Uh, <laughs> you know, just, just, at least one Lombardi before, you know, he can go back to retirement and everything. But, you know, in my opinion, man, it was uh, it was it was good. And there's some similarities between Florida um, and, and Ohio State that, you know, Urban Meyer, he comes in, um, you know, he, he does some things that aren't necessarily right by the book. But, hey, if you're not doing something like that, you're not trying, in my opinion. And, you know, right out the gate, Urban had a questionable hire with the uh, with the strength and conditioning coach here. And it was just it was typical Urban. And I was just like, yo, I love it because, you know, the Jags, they always go underneath the radar every year. There's no one. No one's ever talking about them. Uh, it's one of the it's probably yeah one of the younger franchises. So we don't have that history like Cleveland does. We don't have that fanship like Cleveland does or you know your grandpa or that fourth fifth generation like sure. here in Jacksonville now like Derek and I's generation are like the people that are now actually starting to get set in their careers and can actually buy season tickets and you know be prideful of the Jags and really you know so a lot of those transient you know boomers are starting to get out uh and kind of stay home it's too hot for them and so now we're coming in and we're like yo we love it you know now our kids and their kids kids are setting it up for what you guys got in Cleveland so Overall, man, it, it's it's infectious. It's a new personality. It's a new coach. He comes in with new sayings. He comes in with just new different um, slogans and things like that. And it's it's working out pretty well, you know, here in Jacks. Everyone loves him. He's on the, you know, the, the welcoming parade. He's downtown, you know, he's at children's hospitals and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's great right now. 
Well, that's that's the thing. Uh, well, I'll say I have you're you're right about Jacksonville building a fan base. I'm going to be honest. I'm not that I'm creeping into the South far too often, but I don't know any Jaguars. I didn't grow up with any. I wasn't around any. I went to college. I played D3 ball up here in Ohio with some guys who came up from Florida who I yeah. still talk to on the regular are Dolphins fans and Bucks fans. So I don't right. I don't really know many Jags fans. And that's not mm-hmm. a detriment to the franchise. It's just the way Florida has been grabbed up for all those years being around longer than the Jags have. Not that the Jags haven't won. I mean, hell, you guys have gone to conference championships. You've been on the cusp sure. of the Super Bowl. Sure. Uh, so I, I'm interested in seeing that develop uh, into a into and I'm sure you guys are too, Derek and John, into a wider brand. Uh, getting there and Trevor Lawrence helps with that, and Urban helps with that. The storylines come, you know, as far as Urban goes, in my opinion, a fantastic a fantastic coach of getting players to buy into what he wants them to buy into. He can he can put people in a belief system that can get results. And I think Urban, wherever he's been, has been doubted whether he can do it and has continually proven people wrong. He has never failed. So this would be if he were to come in there and fail, it would be the first job that he's taken that he's failed at. Not that he's an infallible character. I think he can fail, but I don't I just I need to see that happen. I think that he always comes into situations whether it was Ohio State when Luke Fickle had the year holding it down for Wintressel, which is so laughable to look back on now about the tattoos in Ohio State with where they're at in a college game now. <laughs> but he comes into Florida, and he finds it right away. He goes to Utah before that, found it right away. He went to Bowling Green, and in two years found it at Bowling Green. So if we're looking at track record here, this guy figures it out right away. Now, the four or five years into it, does he burn out? Does that that's that's still also the track record? But I would imagine, guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, you would take three or four good years to get this thing rocking in the right direction before maybe Urban burns out. And maybe he brings along somebody with him that you feel if Urban does in five years feel like, man, I'm kind of getting tired of this can't keep going it's a lot of pressure whatever the reason could be and it could just be he wants to ride off into the sunset and, and chill on the beach and do his thing with Shelly like that could be a thing too his kids are getting older they're young adults now he I would imagine your great plan here is you have success with Urban right away the first two three years and then you start to kind of who could be the guy to take am I am I sort of stepping in the right direction there or, or what do you guys uh, think you definitely are and and, I, and I'll tell you it, in no offense to, you know, Gator fans here but back home and, and Ohio State fans there in Ohio, if he were to turn the Jags around, this would be his greatest accomplishment. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. I would agree. It would be his greatest accomplishment. No offense. And the reason why is because we are just playing terrible, okay? We've been terrible. Uh, we had a one little blip, one little glimmer of hope, and then we crashed right back down to reality. So uh, I, I think it would be. But, yeah, that two to that two or three years, in, in two years, if he turns it around, if – Trevor Lawrence develops as fast as most experts predict predict he will. Mm-hmm. Then, wow, look out! That that's all I have to say. Like, look out, because you know they're going to continue to put pieces around him. I think we got we were just talking about this uh, with an episode we were recording. Uh, got like ten or eleven wide receivers in camp. Something just fifteen. Oh, wow. Fifteen wide receivers in camp. Wow. Yeah, a couple of them ex first rounders. Uh, you know, just trying to put all this speed and he's pretty much just like, okay, somebody, we've got talent here. Mm-hmm. Now it's time to, sh- you know, shake the tree, see who stays on the tree and see who falls off. Um, and, that's a, and that's a good thing too. I- I'll take that all day. Yeah, I- another sure. thing too, that's not going to weigh on him as much is like, you know, this is the NFL. You're, you, you, you don't have to win every game. 
You don't have to win every game. You, you may you have to win a majority of your conference games, no, no doubt about it. But you don't have to worry about and game plan each day or each week coming in and taking the best shot from Appalachian State, taking the best shot from, you know, any of these other, you know, you know, D1, AA schools that, that you're playing against that are going to throw everything in the kitchen sink to you in order for you to maintain that number one and not falling out of that. So I think the game planning for him is going to be a little bit different also and a little bit of stress. I mean, you know, the guy doesn't like to lose. And, you know, I understand that. But it may be a little bit of a less of a stressor knowing that he loses, you know, to an out-of-conference Seattle game or knowing that he loses this and how to correct those losses and going forward, the losses aren't going to weigh on him as much because they're not going to be as impactful as much if you lose an out-of-conference game. You know, yeah, it sucks to lose in a, a game period, but would you rather lose to Seattle or would you rather lose to the Tennessee Titans, you know, in December while you're making that playoff push? Like, which one's going to be, you know, more? And so since the season is kind of a little bit or expanded now as well, you know, the out-of-conference, things like that, less stressors. But I think that, you know, the the team here and the brass here in Jacksonville has been giving this guy everything that he needs to be successful. He's got the number one draft pick. He's got, you know, all these – he's got a, a training facility, an in-house training facility where we can keep players actually here in the, in the summer and springtime mm-hmm. versus going to all these other gadget places – not gadget places, excuse me, but all these other – experts and things like this to get fast twitch i mean you know he's got all these things and these foundations laid to keep players here and at the core of it you know he's hired young guys uh he's hired uh you know um respected player or coaches he's got former players that are in the uh you know in the in the organization that have helped out and that can really kind of provide like a younger you know mold and a younger sense so he's got things around him to take stressors off of him um, and, and I think that's what's really going to be the key is how he's managing, you know, those stressors and how he's managing those things, which are going to lead to longevity. Sure. Everybody winning cares all. I mean, the crime sure. rate here in Jacksonville in 2017 was at an all time low because the Jags were winning <laughs> <laughs> last year. It was different. They went one in 15 and it was not good. <laughs> so, I mean, you got to think about it, man. I, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm sure Urban's a smart guy. He surrounds himself with smart people. I think the thing that he had to discuss with his inner circle of, of folks, which is the point you just made, John, ties to, hey, you know, you go 11 and 2 at Ohio State, that's 11 non stressful situations, you know, or 11 and 12 and 1. And that's what they do at Ohio State. Their season doesn't really start until December anymore. I mean, it's just the way it is with the Big Ten. So the stress of Urban's lifestyle in college you're right about if you do lose it's the end of the world but but i think the thing that he probably had to do self-reflection on uh had to come to peace with it talk about with his wife talk about his family can you handle going 10 and 7 can you handle that can you handle losing seven games in a single uh six month span because you've never done that in your life so like that's a lot of it for him is i would imagine the primary part of urban accepting that job the way his family approached him the way his people around him and even I'm sure the Jags brass was, hey, man, how, how are you going to handle this? Paint a picture for us how you're going to last here, because they're, you know, they're not oblivious to the same information that we are, which is, you know, Urban, you, you've got a track record, man. So tell us why it's going to be a little bit different. We know you can win. We're bringing you in because you can win. But tell us how, like, what's your plan? Give us your five to 10 year plan. So 
you know, Urban's a smart guy. I, I'm just going to be sort of curious how all of that shakes out for him because because he's fighting some trends. He's he's going to try to keep intact his trend of turning around places that need turned around because he is as good as it gets doing that. But how does he manage the long term stressors of the NFL? Will be fascinating. It's one of the more fascinating head coaching storylines to track in all of football. Let's switch to Trevor Lawrence because that that dude is. Uh, He's he's magnanimous, man. Like that guy is he's so fascinating. He's so fascinating. We deal with the number one pick up here. I think Trevor was a different kind of number one pick, a surefire number one pick. And Andrew Luck for a course of two or three years, that guy's going number yeah. one. Baker was a, a it's kind of sounding like the week of the draft. They might take Baker. So that's a different number one pick to me. What what's what's Trevor getting into? I guess my my thing is like the question is we know Trevor's good. People in Ohio watch Trevor because they watch these Ohio State Clemson battles year after year. We we have a feel for the guy. Is he coming into a situation that you guys think right away he can find success and like realistically find really good Baker type of rookie year, 28, 29 touchdowns, keep the interceptions hovering around 10 to 12? Or do you think it's like they need to bring him along and maybe Gardner Minshew gets a couple starts here and there and they work him in slowly? So I'm curious where this the surrounding buzz is with Trevor going into the year? Well, I mean, depending on how you look at it and depending on the coin, like the media, the mainstream media here will tell you that there is a quote unquote quarterback competition. Mm -hmm. But the thing that's working in Trevor's, you know, uh, in his favor right now is the offensive line. It's the most continuous group that we have had, uh, you know, that's on the team. You know, these guys that are going to be starting right now from left tackle all the way to, to right tackle know each other. They've been, um, you know, on the line together. We've got Brandon Linder, who is, uh, you know, one of the one of the best centers in the NFL. Um, you know, Cam Robinson right now is coming up on a off or a, uh, a a year. And he's got a rookie breathing down his neck right now that's pushing him every day in camp. So, mm-hmm. you know, they're playing pretty good along the, you know, the offensive line. But I think the thing that's going to really help him um, as far as, you know, success, Travis Etienne. You know, you've got his 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 running back from college that they shared all that success in Clemson together, um, along with, you know, Marvin Jones, DJ Chart, um, LaVisca Chenault, Colin Johnson. Uh, And then if they do decide to cut, which they are going to cut some good caliber NFL you know, players like back in the day, the Jags were cut guys and they go down to the car dealership and start selling cars. <laughs> we know these what that's like. Are, these guys <laughs> are legitimately going to be around, you know, if, you know, someone does get hurt. I mean, you're thinking about a, a receiving room right now with Laquan Treadwell, Tavon Austin, um, the Philip Dorsett, um, Jamal Agnew. I mean, the names we- are there. We love Josh Amata Bebe in the in the in the draft process up here too, and I, I know he's probably going to be a fringe guy. But yeah, I mean, if he's a fringe guy, you got some guys at the end of that grouping who it's like keeping six of those guys is going to be a nice group, uh, yeah. especially that offensive line you're talking about. Talk to and then you got James Robinson. Too. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah, yeah. That's what I want. That's what I talk to Derek too. I want to I want to get his opinion on like that running. But I was. I think most of the NFL world was kind of like, oh, they're, they're going to go get Travis at the end here. This after what James Robinson did, the, the gold, you guys, you truly found gold with that young man. Uh, he was a UDFA, right? He didn't get drafted. You guys signed him, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So so were you guys, when that happened, was there somebody on the board who you preferred or, or, or were you like, okay, I love this. Let's get this teammate of Trevor. We got this. We get, This will help with continuity. We'll help with rhythm. It'll help with all of it. So you, there's that part of the question, Derek, and John, you can answer too. And, and then there's like, how has he been performing in camp? What's the vibe now? So uh, the, everyone thought that we would have a chance to get Kadarius Tony. 
Okay. A little slot receiver yeah, from, yeah. from UF. And he didn't fall to us. Where did he go? To, to the Giants, I think. Yeah, uh, the Giants, yeah. yeah, he went to the Giants. So when we got ETN, you know, well, what are you doing, Urban? Of course, here it comes. Here's a college coach. He doesn't know what he's doing. And in his eyes, he was just trying to get the team faster. Sure. So although, you know, most could say, oh, it was a panic pick. To me, nowadays in, in the NFL, it doesn't matter. Unless you have Derrick Henry, okay, which Tennessee's the only team that has the luxury of having that dude. Every other team, it, yeah, yeah. And he's Chubb okay. Too. He's okay. He's yeah. all right. Chubb, Chubb's good. And, and no, no offense, Browns fans. No offense. But, you know, Derrick Henry is a beast of his own. My point is, it doesn't matter who the heck it is. If he can help your team win, and if he's got speed like ETN has, you're going to take him. Sure. Okay, you're going to take him. And so that's kind of what that's kind of what happened. And, you know, oh, well, he's never caught the ball out of the backfield and you can't have a back that plays receiver or slot. That just won't work. There's a ton of backs that catch the ball out of the backfield. This whole traditional way of playing football is out the window. Mm -hmm. Coaches get creative with what they have. All right. Not everybody has two pro bowler receivers on their roster like like the Browns do. Okay, we don't. So we got to get creative. So they got ETN to get creative. That's kind of how I look at it. Others, you know, that are more traditional, they want the traditional look. But if we keep settling for that traditional crap, we're going to get our traditional results, yeah. which is, you know, just a, a crap season. So I'm on board for it. I'll, I'll say that, they, you know, people just need to get over it. ETN's going to be there. They're going to split time. But to, to help the young quarterback, why not have two good running backs? And we got Carlos Hyde for goal line. So that's, yeah. you know, uh, um, that, that's going to be, you know, you got three backs that are capable of carrying a ball to help out the young QB because he's going to need help. That's just what it is. He's going to need help. Sometimes, he, sometimes those playmakers don't always, you know, play the positions you want them to. I mean, Cleveland stumbles into Nick Chubb in the second round. They stumble into Kareem Hunt coming off of an unfortunate personal choice that he made. And all of a sudden they have two top five backs in the NFL. It's like, you know, mm -hmm. and sometimes you want your weapons to be, and John, we'll talk about Etienne just a little more here in a second. But like sometimes you want your weapons to be at the optimal positions. I need a cheap tight end. I need a, I need a fantastic number one receiver. Well, sometimes you draft in a slot that you can't get that guy and you want to get somebody who you think is going to make a difference on the field, no matter where you put them. So Etienne can make sense in that regard. And then you do have two good backs and then you can get creative and you can motion a guy out of the backfield and you can put him on different routes and match him up against linebackers and you're cooking. You, it's different ways to slice the pie, man. It doesn't always have to be the same as long as you trust your offensive creative minds to go at it. And that kind of piggybacks, John, into like the training camp scenario. Have you guys seen some of that creativity, creativity with two backs getting weird, kind of motioning, moving them around? What's the vibe around those two guys? Well, not to give you guys too much ammo on uh, on on Saturday because I know you probably got some of the, the Browns brass listening to it, but no, they've they've gotten they've gotten creative with them. Etienne is lined up in the slot. He's nice. lined up out wide. They've given him some jet sweeps. They have given him traditional looks at the running back uh, position. They have motioned him in from um, completely from a sideline and bringing him in uh, and then being right there for like a read option type thing with Trevor. He stayed in for run blocking. He stayed in for pass blocking and then going out. He is literally the like they have him everywhere. And that's what it's about creating mismatches and he is going to be, you know, you're, you're going to have to account for him on the field. This is going to have like a uh, Kamara, uh, Tyreek Hill kind of 
you know, presence on him. He, someone's going to have to account for him. And if they, the thing that's going to help the Jags out in this season and going forward is them being able to really strike plays and kind of limit themselves with down and distance and then being able to complete drives. Every, every NFL team is going to, is going to stall, but would you rather stall on your 30 yard line and you're punting and then, you know, you're playing a, a decent return. Now they're at, you know, they're 40 and, you know, 10 yards, 20 yards. Now they're in field goal range. Now you're down three, nothing. Or would you rather have the drive stall within a field goal or stall where you're pinning somebody deep and letting your defense come out there and play. The biggest thing that's been the, the, the back, the backbreaker for the Jags is that we've been stalling on our own side of the, the, the field sure. and there's no flipping the field. There's no time of possession battles or anything else like that with this guy, with ETN, with James Robinson, you can, you can bleed the clock. You can yeah. score at will. And with him, he's going to be someone where you're going to have to really account for where he's going from. Um, and I can see them really bringing in a bunch of sweep motions and then faking the read option and then giving it to James Robinson. He'll gash you for about five or seven. And then you never know if he's actually going to get that, 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 that jet sweep and then take it for another 15. You know, we've got big uh, receivers on the outside that can block downfield too. And DJ Chark and, and Marvin Jones that, you know, are veterans now in the league. So they're going to have them everywhere. They, they really are. It's going to be a matchup nightmare. Yeah, I mean, I think you can certainly get creative, and and you can you can put. I mean, you want to put people on the field that ultimately defensive coordinators have to prep for. You, know, you only get so much time every week, and if you got to prep for more playmakers than you have time for, then that's where mismatches happen. That's where touchdowns occur. That's what you want. So I understand that maybe right now this isn't the finished product, but you go out and get yourself another great wide receiver next year. I think Lavisca Chanel is going to be a really nice player. DJ Chark's a really nice player. I don't have doubt. I think you guys are going to score points. I I think the offense shouldn't be all too much. If you look back on it and it didn't go the way you wanted it to I would lean to say that it's probably not going to be the offense's fault I, I will ask before we talk defense with you guys anybody uh early here you know that specifically isn't playing Saturday for Browns fans so they don't they don't expect to see them um DJ Chark he had um surgery on his finger on his middle finger on I think it's on his left hand I think it's on his left hand uh, middle finger where they did some surgery and some uh they inserted a plate um, from what we just learned, you know, maybe 45 minutes ago, if it was a playoff time situation, mm -hmm. then, you know, it, he would go, it would be uncomfortable, but you know, he, he, he would go and, you know, probably Derek, I mean, just thinking off the top of my head, I don't know how much burn CJ Henderson is going to get just because, yeah. <laughs> you know, we have no idea what's well, going on with the guy. Let's get to that then. Let's talk about defense because this is where I think it can get dicey for you guys. There's, there's two things specifically I want to talk about. I want to talk about, C.J. Henderson, we'll start there. You, you don't see rookies floated around on social media as being available unless something's gone really wrong after their first year. So what has gone really wrong that this position is now one that is a plausible chance a trade could actually happen? You know, there's been some, you know, a lot of different rumors swirling around. Everything from injuries uh, to, you know, personal life to, and just some crazy stuff. What we know is he's just not dialed in. Okay. You know, Herb tried to, you know, put him on the bike in front of the whole team, you know, trying to get him on the same page. There's some other stories I don't, I don't, I don't really want to mention, but apparently, the, you know, there's some stories about actually attending practice um, that, that have come up. What I think, personally, Dan Mullen, the coach of Florida, kind of told Jack Braggs last year, Brass last year, some fibs. And mm. Urban Meyer got a hold of him. Like, no, give me the real deal. What's this kid like? And Herb's got, 
you know, he got the truth. So now that Herbs has the truth, this is what, you know, the team has to deal with. The, the, the trade rumors and stuff for, uh, for, for Thomas, um, I'll tell you, I think, I think John, JK3, you, you had the best tweet or tweet text about it. And, and I'll quote him. He said, would you rather have an unproductive headache or a productive headache? Sure, sure. Uh, and I, I was kind of like, eh, well, I guess the productive headache. So, yeah, that's what's going on there. Do I think that – is it going to really hurt us? No, because anything that we had that was better than last year will be, will be good. You know, we got – you know, a couple of free agent pickups and uh, we got, you know, a couple uh, young safeties on the back end, but does having CJ Henderson be this way, have put in this position and situation? Yeah, it stinks because he's the first round pick. So now you got to sit here and say, well, does he really want to be here sure. or is it something with personal issues? So yeah. And I, I think there's, where there's, where there's smoke, there's fire too. Cause the, the, the Jags, they took Tyson Campbell cornerback from Georgia uh, pretty early in the draft too. And, you know, he, he's had he, he's had some issues in camp. You know, he hasn't he, he's had a hard time adjusting to, you know, he's fast. But, you know, he's one of those players where his speed can either hurt him or 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 help him because, you know, he's been out of plays, uh, you know, a couple of times, you know, keeping up with some of the, the route runners that we have. But you always kind of question, you know, why are you guys if we, we, we drafted C.J. Henderson, um, you know, and he's been in Jacksonville for all of 18 months. Uh, you yeah. know, why are we, you know, re- replacing or drafting another corner, you know, kind of at that position? Is it depth? Probably. Is it competition? Yeah. But there isn't there. You know, the C.J. Henderson thing hasn't necessarily been right. You know, it, it wasn't one of those things where it just hasn't been right for Jacksonville. And I don't know what the issue is. And, you know, some mental health things have been floating around. Maybe he doesn't want to be here. But I can't think of, you know, what the organization could have done to him in 18 months that would make him not want to be here. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Uh, it's interesting to follow. I mean, in my personal opinion, you can never, ever, ever in the NFL have enough cover guys. So unless it's completely unsalvageable, it's like it's really hard to give up on guys that early. You know, the Cleveland's dealing with it with Greedy Williams and the shoulder issue that he's had, the nerve damage that's lingered, and, and they're just trying to find cover guys because there's just not enough of them. There really isn't. So you got to do everything you can. I hope it works out for him, the young man. I mean, I think he was immensely talented on tape. Uh, but like you said, sometimes tape doesn't matter if you can't get to the to the sections of football that require you to have those things on tape. You got to have men. You can get away with things in the SEC that you just flat out can't get away with in the NFL, as you guys know. Let's mm-hmm. talk Joe Schobert. Well, really quick, I want yeah, to ask no, you a go, question go. about your defense. I mean, sure. your de- I mean, Cleveland's defense, you know, the, everyone's talking about Baker, you know, Juice Landry and Odell. But, I mean, this this defensive line, I mean, Miles Garrett, mm-hmm. Malik Jackson, um, you know, Billings, Jadavion. I mean, you guys have got some some studs, you know, on the defensive line. Um, you know, I, I just – and then, of course, Denzel Ward, uh, a couple players back there, man. So kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what we should see on Saturday – uh, and how many p- plays should Trevor play? Because I, the last thing that I want is Miles Garrett coming off the in, off the edge and, and handing my boy a sack lunch. So you know, kind of talk to me a little bit about that. Sure, I don't, I don't. To be honest with you guys, I don't know that Miles or Jadevian will play. They're being very, very cautious. They've gone really; those two guys have gone at it the first two weeks of camp. Now, now Miles has missed a couple of days with some hamstring tightness, 
and they've done a lot of regiment. They do a lot of, of scheduled days off. They'll, they'll be very regimented about how they kind of work guys in based on, based on data of, of number of snaps, et cetera. They'll, they'll give guys regimented days off, not, not vet days off. I'm talking like Denzel Ward gets a day off here and there. So I would load management and really just keeping an eye on what doctors tell you is kind of the right number of reps to, to sort of let's pull it back. Let's go. They can send them through indie drills, but then we're going to peel them out of team and Skelly and some of those other things. So mm-hmm. I don't know based on injuries right now, I don't think that we're going to see, uh, I don't think you're going to see a couple important players. You're not going to see Grant Delpit, the young kid out of LSU. They drafted last year. He's still kind of, kind of, he, he is, but we, so tough to lose him last year to the Achilles right yeah. away in camp. He's easing back in, got a little hamstring issue. They got hamstring city going on in Berea and Cleveland right now. Yeah. Um, so you're not going to see him. You're not going to see John. Uh, you, your, your, your boy, Ronnie Harrison's not going to be out there. He's dealing with the hamstring uh, situation. We wanted him, man. Yeah. Ronnie Which just sucks because Ronnie, <laughs> he, he got hurt the second play of the game in Jacksonville yeah. this year. So weird. He's actually been pretty good for what Cleveland's wanted him to do. We're really excited about his second year because we brought him from in from you guys. He didn't really start playing until like week eight. He had so much to learn on the fly that they didn't yeah. want to really rush him out there. So he once he started playing consistently, like weeks five, six, seven started to trickle up. He was he was okay. He dealt with that collarbone issue uh, that he dealt with in Jacksonville. I think he tackled James Robinson. It might have been the first snap of the game, to be honest, yeah. offensive yeah. snap, and then he left. But um, he won't be out there. I don't think we're going to see Denzel. He's still kind of dealing with some just lingering soreness in the quad, the hamstring area. Uh, so you'll see Greedy is going to play. You'll see. Uh, Greg Newsom, our first round pick out of Northwestern. You'll see John Johnson, who we signed from the Rams, who was a phenomenal, phenomenal safety yeah. uh, that they needed so, so badly after last year's de- just debacle in the secondary. Uh, I'm not sure who the second safety will be. You'll see probably a, a young man named Javante Moffitt, and you're going to say, who? Uh, trust me, people up here are saying who a little bit too. He was a UDFA guy who's, they're just down, they're down safeties. They're trying to make yeah. it work while they can here. Uh, up front, yeah, the four guys are, are they're real. We have real hope for the four up there that Clowney can be right and that, and that Miles continues on the uh, upward ascend, ascension that he's on. And we feel okay about Malik. We like what he's bringing. He's bringing a presence to an actual defensive line that needs leadership. Uh, he seems to be doing okay with that right now. And then Andrew Billings, too. So the thing with those guys, man, is we need them to be healthy. You know, they're guys with history of injuries. And, and we just – we lost Tack McKinley. Tack McKinley, they brought in from Atlanta to be a rotational third piece, and he's dealing with some personal issues of his own, has stepped away from camp. It's a big shroud of mystery. You don't really know what's going on. It, it has truly been a we'll see if he's even back by week one kind of thing. So we're really kind of concerned about depth up front. If you're looking at this game specifically, because once you get past us Saturday, you'll never think about Cleveland again. You're not going to see – you're probably Until not going to see – playoffs. Hell yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. You're probably not going to see a bunch of the best guys up front. They maybe play Jadevi in a few snaps because he hasn't had any injury issues, but they've been, been really cautious with him. Um, he's been dominating at camp. We'll probably get some Sheldon Day then, right? Sheldon Day. Sheldon Day will be out there. He's been rotating as the second shade uh, behind Billings. He'll be out there. Billings will play. Malik will play. They got a couple young linebackers they like a lot that'll get a lot of run. The kid they drafted out of Notre Dame, Owusu Koromoa, they like him a ton. He'll get a ton of run. Jacob Phillips, the LSU kid who played, uh, who played was sort of that secondary linebacker 
uh, that didn't get as much as much popularity as the kid that went to 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 Baltimore, whose name is escaping me off the top of my head. He's a first round pick out of Baltimore. Can't think of his name, but that's he was the LSU kid on that national championship team. He was the he was the will there. So he'll play a lot. Uh, but but it's going to be a mixed bag defensively for Cleveland. You know, Baker's not playing. I don't imagine mm-hmm. Nick will play. I don't imagine Kareem will play. So you'll see a lot of a kid named Dearness Johnson, who's a nice back. They'll probably give the first O line a couple runs, but they're, you know, as you guys would say too, and I'm sure your fan base would agree, you, you get to week one as healthy as you can and you roll, man. You got 17 weeks to figure this thing out. You know, yeah. it's it's 17 weeks long. And and you if you if you if you start out four and four, you're not gonna look at you know, four whatever. You start out great, you start out poor, it's probably tied to how you came out of camp. So, you know, you're not gonna start out five and one and look back and say, Well, man, we had all those people hurt in camp. That kind of sucked. No, you don't you don't care. You just want to get to the season healthy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we're going to we're going to jump back in. I'm diving back into Jacksonville. I'm hijacking this thing again, man. I need to know because Browns fans care. They're always tight. It's let me put it this way, guys. It's rare for Cleveland to draft a guy and have him find some success the way Joe Schobert found success and then not retain that success. We're seeing it now that they are retaining people. They let Joe walk. They don't have any intention of paying high volume money to linebackers. I just kind of, as he's traded to Pittsburgh today, what went wrong? Because it went wrong. So I'm kind of curious what your opinion ended up being of Joe. Because he's a great human, great person, uh, great, great, you know, his wife was always really good to us in the Cleveland media, nice, nice people. Just, uh, I just could tell it just did, it didn't fit. It didn't fit. Well, for, for starters, Herbs has been on this whole kick for speed. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Um, and then especially with, you know, running game, uh, Jacksonville got gashed the last two years. So that probably had something to do with it. A lot of it motivation, I think, was we can get some extra draft capital because Vince Williams with the Steelers retiring, you know, so that that's kind of, I think, how the whole domino effect started. And really, you know, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, JK3 was uh, – Gosh, what's his name? It's it's escaping me now. Who who they who they got put in this place? Damian Damian uh, uh, Dam- Wilson Wilson yeah, Wilson. Damian yeah. Wilson. Yeah, Damian yeah. Wilson. So he he's really come on in camp, and that has been you know a nice surprise. So I think that those you know you take those three things, and uh, kind of that's just kind of how it went down. Uh, then if I had my kind of you know opinion on on herbs, 
is Irv's doesn't like nice guys on the team. The nicest guy he ever had on the team was Tim Tebow, and he, he likes to have him with a little bit of an edge. And although Joe is a lunch pail kind of guy, you know, you can tell, you know, he, he's definitely lunch pail. Um, you know, maybe there was something that Herbs didn't – maybe he wanted him to have a little bit more tenacity that he didn't have. That, you know, I thought he'd be around here for a couple more years. Thought wrong. It's just kind of one of those – it's not a head scratcher, but you say, okay, it makes sense, but, wow, could we have tried to keep him? You know, just yeah. so – is what it is. Uh, I, I hope – I don't think they've officially announced what Pittsburgh's given up, but I hope it's not something – you know, like a sixth or a seventh, like, please at least get, you have know, gotten a, a fourth or a fifth. Or yeah, it, it may be like a compens- compensatory, depending on the production that Schobert yeah. has or, or something like that. I mean, and to echo what, what, what Derek's saying, like, I mean, Schobert was, 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 was awesome. I mean, from, from when he was here, I mean, it, it's like, he was only here for like a year, I believe. Um, so the thing is that, you know, 84 solo tackles, you know, that, that, that's great. Uh, three in three picks definitely was doing his job as, as far as the run fitting goes, but, you know, we saw this last year with James Robinson replacing Leonard Fournette and everyone was like, we're, we're, you're, you're, you're expecting us to trust Leonard Fournette, uh, or excuse me, it, it, expecting us to trust James Robinson to come in and really just be able to take the show from Leonard Fournette. And that's kind of what they're, you know, expecting now with the replacement, you know, there has been a couple of plays that have been made um, that, that show athleticism and just getting younger and faster and getting what they want or getting what they can out of Schobert while they can right now. So I think a lot of it with, with Pittsburgh needing a true Mike linebacker, um, you know, kind of played into it. And I think with Jacksonville being able to really kind of move up and in in, in bring the next man up, um, even behind him, you know, we've got another guy named Shaq Quarterman who was, the, uh, you know, a, a stud at Miami. So there is a lot of depth in there, or there is some depth to where they could kind of move Schobert and kind of get what they can at that time. But again, it all comes back down to speed. As soon as Urban came in, he said he wanted this team to play fast and not necessarily, you know, next to the ball or next as far as plays and things like that, but getting where you need to be, knowing where you need to be and getting there in a hurry. And, you know, for for the speed and the things that they're looking at, I mean, you know, you've got Miles Jack is going to be on the outside of the linebackers right now. Um, you know, the whole defense as a whole has gotten faster uh, than, than what they have expected. And I think this is just a casualty, you know, to that to that speed, in my opinion. Yeah, not not a speed guy at all. I mean, Joe is Joe's a guy who can who can do some of the things you want your mic to do, but he's not going to make plays above and beyond. And uh, just kind of to me. Not to kind of a little bit weird because you guys are the Jags, but we call him a Jag. He was just another guy. Like Joe's fine, he's okay, but he's not going to make game-changing plays for you that often. He's not going to dictate offensive game plan, and from that, it was hard for the Browns to stomach paying him what he was offered. So I was happy he got some money, he got paid, um, but I think you guys are probably going to be better off uh, uh, fitting your your defense around somebody else, in my opinion. I had two more questions for you guys before we head out of here from my perspective. Um, Tim Tebow, an absolute waste of talking time. It's not going to happen. Is that, is that it? Like, I know I know you guys probably have wasted so much of your time talking about it. You probably don't want to talk. Is it just a it's not going to happen, waste of time? Are they going to try to practice so, squad this guy, or what are they doing? So my, my dream, Jake, was that uh, – 
Hard Knocks would come to Jacksonville and Urban Meyer would have to cut Tim Tebow on Hard Knocks. Oh, oh, that, that, that was my dream. That was my dream. We know it's not going to happen. <laughs> that would have been real TV, man. Dang. Think so of that. Just, I'm just going to, I'm not going to leave it at that. That was my dream. So it's not going to happen. It was a lofty, very, you know, you know, almost a damn near impossible dream. And it still is. Uh, he still could get cut. He could make the team. Uh, also, there's my, like legitimate he could make the rosters a third tight end. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, 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 and here's the issue, okay? And and this isn't we're not going to involve the college bias because down here in the South, that's where we take it to is the college <laughs> bias because he is a Gator. I have no question about the man's heart, his want, his mm-hmm. drive, and his locker room presence. But a couple days ago, and John can will speak very clearly on this because he was at some of those practices. Can he block? Yeah. And that is something you have to do. I don't care if it's third down or if he's always oh, only going to be on passing downs. Oh, yeah, great. Let's tip our hand that he's only going to be in on passing downs. Okay. Um, can he block? And the answer is going to be no. Okay. He's a tough son of a gun. But a lot of these college fans here locally, they must understand that SCC, ACC is not the NFL. These guys will hurt you. Uh, they will hurt you bad. Just, just, and I always go back. Just ask the time when Gronk got his chest cracked by a five foot ten Earl Thomas. Okay, just they, they will. That's what they do. That's that's the reason why they play the game. It's a different athlete, man. It is. Yeah. So that's my thing. He's got to block, and I just don't think he can do it. The the crazy thing is is that the blocking. I mean, and, and Tim has been. There was nothing but a bunch of rave about him. And how much muscle and how much, you know, the, the stuff that he and the shape that he has been in, um, you know, no doubt the guy can run through, you know, pretty much any wall in your house like that. That's one thing. But the wall is not hitting back. And the thing, too, is that, you know, our, right now, the tight end that a lot of people aren't really talking about, Chris Manhurts, um, I don't know. As much as he's going to be, he's probably going to be a bigger blocking threat than he is a receiving threat because you'll have James O'Shaughnessy and then Luke Farrell, the kid from uh, Penn State, I believe, uh, who's a rookie. Um, but Manhurst. Luke's an Ohio State boy. He brought Ohio State, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. Uh, it, one of the, you know, anything. One above, of the states anything up above, there. Anything above <laughs> Georgia is considered the Northeast. <laughs> yeah, man. One of those, one of the state schools. That's it. Um, but he was, he was, Manhurst has literally gotten his hand in the ground and stood, I mean, within a yard from this guy. And let's go mono a mono, Tim. You've got all this muscle. And Manhurst is just a blocker. And he is just one of those guys that can can really just, you know, move you. The thing that's going to get Tebow a roster spot, and I, and I will go on record saying this, is he has got to make plays. He has got to make a play. So make a play where he receives a catch from Gardner Minshew, and he's running, and he bucks somebody. He runs someone over. That's going to get him on the team. What's going to get him on the team is him going downfield um, and, and on punt return or kickoff return and laying somebody out. That's what's going to get him on this team. Like, pure tight end play isn't necessarily going to get him on the team because, you know, he's got to beat out um, Ben Ellison, who, who's just a guy, in order for him to do it. But his biggest chance for him to make a play is on Saturday in the hometown stadium – that's going to be the biggest time for him to be able to show out and do his yeah. thing only because it, I mean, and then on, we had a scrimmage, we had a little scrimmage on Saturday, on Sunday here in Jacksonville. 
He caught a pass from Trevor. It was a nice catch, nice pass and catch. Biggest cheer of of the of, of the stadium. Yeah, number one yeah, selling yeah. jersey. He the, the fanhood's there, but he has got to make a play that's undeniable. I mean, he's got to knock someone's you know head off in order sure. for him to make the team. And 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 Jake, I'll tell you, you want to go ahead and tell the Browns fans if they do hear that loud cheer on television. Okay, that's what happened. Okay, <laughs> if they, if there's just a, an enormous cheer like it's a regular season or a playoff game, no. that means Tim Tebow was involved in the play. Okay, there's, so just, no. just in let my it opinion, go. there's there's two things that are that there are two things that are weighing one Saturday night for the Jags in the Browns game. Um, you know, because obviously it has no season impact or anything else like that. You want to make into, into, you know, the season healthy. Two things. Number one, sell tickets. Make sure, sure we, 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 we bring the Ferrari out the garage right now and, you know, let him let it get up to about zero to 60 in about three seconds so you can see what it can do. Mm-hmm. Sell those tickets, get it rah rah and hyped up and everything else like that. And Tim Tebow making a play within the hometown crowd. Those are the two things that are going to happen. On yeah. Saturday night, everything else is just a wash, you know. In, yeah. in my opinion, everything else is like, all right, first game, it's preseason game number one. It's not even the most pre- most important preseason game you want. You want number three to be at your house for you to really see what you got going on. You know what I mean? Sure. Two things are gonna happen: rolling Trev out, and if Tebow can make a play, that's it. Yeah, he's got he's got to make a play. I mean, he's got to prove that he's. If you're a third tight end, you better be a, a a really tough sob in special teams. You better add value there. You better be a great anchor on pretty much every special team. You're gonna be a kick mm-hmm. kor. You're gonna be a punt anchor on punt team. You're gonna, yeah. I mean, you can't just be a third string tight end and be there for pictures after games. You got to mm-hmm. you got to actually provide value. So I'm with you guys. Uh, now I will tell you before the before the pads came on, there were some questions. We were like, whoa, is this really gonna happen? But again, this is when they're running shorts and shirts and everything else like that. Yeah, he was doing the right things, but pass, come on, man, it's 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 different breed. It is an interesting dynamic to have Urban bring him back and and trying to keep that all, you know, without I mean, the Urban the Urban Tim stuff is so deep rooted. It's so it's so tough, and especially I'm sure some of the I'm sure Urban feels pressure on it because even if Tim proves to be the best for the third role, you're gonna get there's going to be stuff said you're going to catch flack about it. It's almost a lose, lose situation, but he they just live, cares about two it. Doors down from each other. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really weird, but I, you know, I, I'm like you guys, I think Tim is, he does the right things for, for most part in, in his life. And, and, you know, if it works out, it works out, but you hope it's not a gimmick, you know, because if it's a gimmick, it hurts the, the locker room, the whispers start, some of that stuff. You don't want it to be that way. So you need Tim to, like you said, not just be a quiet part of the preseason. He needs to go out and do some things that they can key in on film and say, look what look what he did here. Look at this teach tape. Look at this. Look at that. Look at this catch. Look at that block. You got to have something. Or guy, Guys are real, man. They, they keep it 100. They keep it a buck in the locker room, man. If you're not making the plays that garner you being on the roster, oh, it's we know why you're here, man. Just get out of my way. I know why you're here. So you don't want any of that stuff to, to to permeate around a locker room. So I'm sure that's a that's a constant consideration. Defensively, anybody that's going to be out for this game, particularly that we should not I mean big names: Taven Bryan, Josh Allen, Miles <laughs> Jack. Bryan. <laughs> oh my I'm, god! He, he might not know. He might not know. Uh, so Taven Bryan, uh, Jacob, uh, Jake showed up to camp with a black eye. And, no one knows where it came from. Uh, nobody knows what happened, but it definitely wasn't the kind of black eye where you just fell. Somebody definitely cleaned his clock. Uh, oh goodness! 
So, <laughs> I mean, Taven, Taven Bryan is not Taven Bryan is the biggest name in Jacksonville because he just literally gets washed up in every run fit, run block. I mean, yeah, I'm a I'm one of the I'm a I'm a big Florida Gators fan, and whenever they drafted him in number one a couple of years ago, I in our group text, I was like, this guy wasn't even the best defensive lineman on the team. I did not know that was the opinion. That's interesting. Oh my okay. gosh! No, 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 man, no. Taven, Taven is, you know, you Taven right now is probably third. He's on the co- third, yeah, or third or, He's on the block. Yeah, okay. he's on the COVID list too. But I don't think it's COVID. That's another, you know, uh, herb thing to to use the COVID list as a yeah. We're gonna put you over here for right now until we figure out what we're gonna do. Uh, um, that's just my opinion, but I don't know. Some of the guys that you will see, though, um, I, I think you, you'll you see a majority. And, and of course, you know, these things aren't really solidified until like probably tomorrow. Um, but I know you'll 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 see Miles Jack um, out there tomorrow. You'll definitely see uh, Damian Wilson, who will be replacing, you know, Schobert, um, you know, as a new uh, Mike linebacker. Um, you know, you kind of want to pay attention to um, we've got a third string defensive lineman that's been working his way up Jay Tufaleli. Uh, he's been working his way up into. Yeah, you know, we like we we definitely things. like Jay Tufele when when uh, we were going through the process. The Browns took a kid out of Ohio State named um, Tommy Togiai. That was a guy we were kind of interested in Tufele. I know Davon Hamilton's still kicking kicking some yeah. butt down there, right? Yeah, Devon Hamilton. Yeah, he's still he's still doing his thing down there okay. too. And um, my my favorite defensive lineman who's just been around seems like he's been around forever. Uh, Dewan Smoot. Yeah, uh, you know Smoot has is been. Uh, a veteran guy on the team that you'll see a lot of, but the free agent that I'm excited about that hopefully we, you, we get to see some of uh, tomorrow, Shaquille Griffin, Sure, um, yeah. you know, he's got his brother, uh, you know, who's down in Miami now. So that's always good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then also Andre Cisco, uh, who's coming off of a knee surgery uh, when he was, uh, he was at Syracuse. And I believe at the time of his knee surgery, he was leading uh, FCS in picks. This guy has, it we doesn't look like he, it, it doesn't even look like he's had a knee surgery, honestly. Yeah, yeah we, we, were, we were in on the Syracuse defensive backs and all of our pre-draft draft prep, and uh, I'm very excited to see how Andre performs because he was a guy that we were looking, if they were going to take some safety help in Cleveland, he was, he was an, a, a really, really interesting target because he's a rangy center fielder, so it'll be fun to see him. You say he looks good, he's oh, moving man. well. Dude, he's moving laterally. Uh, so the first camp, I, I've been to two. The first one, they kind of had him working off by himself, and I think it was a conditioning and a fitness test mm-hmm. to see what he could do. Um, and then ever since that, when I went to the last camp last week, or I went to my my la- my second one uh, last Friday, of course, they had him in between. You know, he was everywhere moving laterally, turning the hips. Hips look great coming out of the breaks, breaking on balls, challenging defenders, um, you know, calling out some plays as well, kind of barking out there too. So um, the defense does have a little bit of a renewed energy, and especially, you know, since the NFL now is kind of geared to such an offensive, uh, you know, production right now, you got to have guys back there that can run, that can switch and change directions and everything, and these guys can do it. Uh, defensive line is completely revamped as well with Jihad Ward, uh, mm-hmm. you know, being in the mix as well. So, uh, you know, we're, we're looking to see a bunch of stuff. Again, you take the first game for what it is, um, you know, but, you know, here in Jacksonville, we went one in 15 last year. A lot's not going to get us excited, you know. <laughs> I get it, man. Trust me, I get it. You guys are really on the same path, man. I mean, you, 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 things of Brown. The thing the Browns didn't do and set them behind and why they're dealing with a Baker situation that's dicey is they didn't do right by him. They didn't bring him in with a head coach and the right people around him at the right time. They 
they kept Hugh Jackson and let that fester for a half a season before they fired him and they put the disaster around him. And it wasn't until year three that he got the right group of people around him. So, uh, you know, you guys are dealing with one in 15, you're coming off of it, but just like I'm sure you guys would say as you're leading up, there's enough talent here to win football games. You just need the right leadership in place. You need the right quarterback throwing the football, leading the offense. And I think those things are finally in place in Jacksonville that I think you guys, it might not yield playoff results right away, but you need the climb. You need the ascension. I'm sure you guys are looking for that. So to give me like, what's the, what's the year outlook for you? I mean, what does a successful year look like in Jacksonville? Well, to parking lot that I, the same can be said about you guys. I mean, AFC North right now. I mean, last year you guys were moving the needle. Like you guys got to turn the corner this year. I mean, you're up there with big brother now, right? Yeah. You're up there with yeah. Pittsburgh. You're up there with, sure. you know, Baltimore distant cousin. I mean, I don't know any Bengals fans at all. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. you guys, you guys are right in the mix with the, you know, you're up there. So, so what's going to take you guys to turn that needle and, you know, and, and you know, give me a prediction record and then we'll, we'll follow sure. up that. Sure. Yeah. I think Cleveland's in, they have every bit, the amount of talent that is necessary to win the division. Now, the the little fact that you guys don't follow Cleveland closely, you might not know. Maybe you do know they haven't won the division since 89 year I was born. Mm -hmm. They haven't won it in that long. So it's been forever. We have not seen successfully run football operations. And since they returned in 99, we had a great year in 2007 where they went 10 and six and narrowly missed out the playoffs. A lot of hype coming back the next year terrible okay so they have another good year in 14 where they were seven and four leading the division late in the year you remember the guy named josh gordon coming back they were feeling good and then close out the year five straight losses go seven and nine come back the next year a lot of excitement got johnny manziel year two got brian hoyers doing okay in this offense kyle shanahan was the oc kyle shanahan deuces leaves they're terrible they're done so we need to see some some continual success uh I think Kevin Stefanski is the right guy at the right time for the right city. I think it all adds up. The talent has been uh, really put in place by the right people. Andrew Barry, who is a, you want to feel like you're not doing anything with your life, a 34 year old GM leading the Browns and, and killing it as a guy at that age, just make you feel like, man, what I have I done Sean, with my I life? I thought the, the, uh, the, the Rams coach, uh, oh, yeah, man. McVay, I, thought, yeah. I really felt like a POS then, but now seeing a 34-year-old GM, now yep. I'm like, you know what, man? And I, he I, is sharp, guys. Very, yeah. very smart. Harvard connection. They got the, the Paul D. Podesta connection, that the, the guy who they made money ball after. He changed baseball. He's a very heady football guy, and they finally have gotten – to the point that they don't have football guys and data guys and, and they're clashing. It's a collective group that doesn't give a crap about ego, who gets credit. They've got that going in the right direction. A coach who uses the data, applies it, football player background, DB background. Same with Andrew Barry. He's a DB. They're both, they're all Ivy League guys, but they are guys that seem to be relatable and, and mm-hmm. get on the same page. So it's all in place. The quarterback's got the weapons. The offensive line is dominant. You got Odell coming back. It looks like he's a one percenter on ACL recoveries. He looks right. Mm-hmm. So it's all there. There, just like any roster. I'm sure you talk to someone from Kansas City, you talk to someone from Buffalo, you talk to someone from Challengers in the NFC. They're going to tell you, well, we got depth issues here and there where you don't feel they need to stay healthy at the right spots. D line's yeah. got to stay healthy. They need some of their cornerbacks to produce. They need Greg Newsom to come in and be a real player right from the rip. Uh, there's some of those things that have to fall right, but the talent's there that they should win this division. They're right there. Pittsburgh is a pseudo threat. They're falling off the wagon. Their quarterback's aging. They've got holes that are going to continue to fester. So they're going to hover. Cincinnati.
Cincinnati's a couple years off. Got to get Joe Burrow back from a devastating knee injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'll hover. They got enough talent that they'll hover. Baltimore's the real threat. We know yeah. what Lamar can do. We know the different. They're the, the Navy of the NFL. They are, their offense is so weird, mm-hmm. and, and, and you got to deal with them, and they're so well coached defensively. It's, it's still a very good group. They're a year away from having to rebuild some spots, but they're into it. They're, they're challenging right now. They want to yeah. do the things Cleveland wants to do. So those are the two, those are the two clashing franchises. But the Browns need – they have everything in place – Win a playoff game last year, go 11 and five, make the playoff. The, the, the next step, guys, as you know, is to win the division, get yeah. a playoff home game for the first time since the, uh, 1994. Yeah. Would be the last playoff home game, get a playoff home game, win a home game, get to the conference championship, threaten Buffalo KC for a real Super Bowl chance. So we're, we're there, but just my DNA is always Murphy's Law with the Browns. What can go wrong <laughs> will find a way to go wrong. It's 20 years of it, guys, and you know it. You've, yeah. you've lived down yeah. there too. It's like, what, what can go wrong? I'm always, I should be more confident in them, but I always have that nervousness. That's, it's just like people saying, hey, Pittsburgh's going to fall. They haven't had a losing record in Mike Tomlin's career. So when Pittsburgh actually falls off, I'll believe it. So it's a little bit of that. You're fighting the demons of, of where these teams have been and where they're shifting to. But to, to keep it 100 with you guys, they've got to get to 11 or 12 wins and get a ticket to the playoffs because you just want to get a lotto ticket every year to the playoffs. You never know what could happen. Anything can happen to the yeah. playoffs. Yeah. So get to the playoffs, win a couple games. That's a really success. You don't have to win. It's not Super Bowl or bust. They're still young. The core's young. They can continue to win over time. But you need to see, you would like to see to say here, if I sat down, I'd say a conference appearance in the conference championship game, win or lose, I would sit back and say that's a hell of a season. Yeah. Now, again, if you go through the year and you, you lose a bunch of people and you're hurt and you sneak in the playoffs, who the hell am I to say that wasn't a great year? You know, everything is circumstantial. You'll figure it out as you go. But as you're sitting here, everybody's healthy. You got your paper team in front of you. You can't be. I always say this. People always talk about with Browns or a team on. But you can't be a really good team until you're a really good team on paper. You got to have the guys at some point. So that's where I'm at. Get to get to 11, 12 wins in a, in a new season, a new format. And uh, pushing the playoffs, man. I think that's it's a real and it's crazy for for us to be here. But I think I think you guys can be on the same path in a few years. So I'm curious, like your first year, where do you guys feel that you got to be to walk away from this? You're being like, all right, Urban's got this thing rocking in the direction we need to see. Well, well yeah, you are there. Look, I'll tell you. If we get 11 and 12 wins, <laughs> you'll see the biggest party just for 11 and 12 wins. Uh, down I might, in, uh, I might fly in, down. We'll hang Duval out. County. Okay. <laughs> just, just being real. No, t- to be honest with you, it starts with the division, like you just said. Yeah. And the Jags, if they, you know, although it's year one, rookie coach, rookie QB, we've actually got a good chance to get sleeper team in the division. There's yes, a sleeper team. You got one team that's got – tremendous quarterback problems in Houston. You've got another team that, although they're saying Wentz is going to be back for week one, possibly he could be a four week foot guy. It's still tremendous problems at quarterback. If you ask me. And not only that, that, that pro bowl offensive line, they got, got, they got the same problem. So whatever's going on in in, Indy, obviously Tennessee's the big horse in our division that we, we have to try to stop. And they've just added Julio Jones. So four wins, I'm saying seven and ten. I'm hoping that yeah. I'm wrong on on the eight on the on the you know on the lower side of that. I hope we can get to eight and nine, yeah. or even reverse it nine and eight. Anything else outside of that, I need to go get a lotto ticket. Okay, just hell yeah, I understand being, that. being real, <laughs> keeping it one hundred, like you said. So that's kind of where I'm at, and I think we can if we can get four of those division games, 
and then and and I'm and they're, oh you're gonna win all four yeah we can win all four because their quarterback situation is terrible and so um, that that's that's you know that's cap- perfectly capable sure but really the true test will be on if we can win the rest of any other games is how well we play Tennessee and I'm not saying we have to beat them but usually we just give up we got to split yeah Derrick Henry runs wild and we just give up yeah. they've got to fight. And that's what I want to see is the fight. It's fourth quarter, we're down 10, and we're still trying to get the ball back and score, not let Derrick Henry break seven tackles and go 90 yards for a touchdown and increase the lead to 17 because that's what usually happens. Yeah, I've got them, I've got them, at, I've got them at six wins. Um, you know, and that's just me, and I'm, I follow on the, the Murphy's Law, um, you know, with the Jags. The thing that's really going to um, – you know, the division, it does start there, you know, not to really echo what Derek said, but the way that this team, you know, you, you got to steal some wins. Uh, that's how you become, you know, you know, one of those elite teams, one of those unpredictable teams and the teams you got to scheme for, um, you know, a couple of the, the games that, you know, that you, you got to start off right beating Denver, you know, you got to start off right at home off, right off the right foot. Uh, you know, if they, even if they do beat Denver, uh, you know, they're coming in beating Houston and then beating Denver. That's two games right there. The rest, you know, you gotta, you you gotta, you know, fight and claw a couple. I mean, you know, we've got some tough opponents on the on the uh, on the uh, schedule this year with Seattle, uh, Buffalo, the Niners, um, the Rams. You know, so it, there's only maybe on paper, I really only see about four or five wins, like on paper, that I think that we could beat, and those would be, you know, with the Jets. Um, you know, definitely, uh, you know, beating uh, the Rams just because of Jalen Ramsey. So, um, but, but just joking, but I, I think that they, you know, they've got to steal a couple of wins here and there in order for them to do it. I think this is the foundational year where they go ahead and make that, um, you know, that, that switch to, okay, this is what we did last year with a rookie head coach and a rookie quarterback, rookie running back next year. This is what we do. We sew it up and then we really make that turn to where you don't want to come to Duval County and you don't want to have to play the Jaguars if you see them on your schedule. So I think this is probably the last year that we could probably be within the basement before hopefully next year we make that turn. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those things where you you circle that 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 Jags, uh, you know, uh, game on your schedule. It's. I'm, I'm very optimistic for you guys. And I'm not saying that because you're on the pod. I, I, I've said it off the air when I've talked about the Jags this week. Like, I, I think that when you look at the landscape of the division, I just think Carson Wentz thing is not ever going to solve itself. I think Indy has made some critical mistakes here. Uh, I just don't see them being perennially, perennially successful as, as some people think they might. Tennessee, you're running up against the carry threshold for Derrick Henry. They've cashed all in. They got some serious defensive holes that people don't want to talk about. I'm just not sure what their long-term outlook looks like. And we know Houston is – it's a pseudo-expansion roster going on down there. And as Deshaun gets out of the division, it's, it's, it's going to be really ugly for them. So I really, I really do think you guys have a chance. And some people that I – smart folks I follow who do gambling tidbits are talking about the good value in, in taking Jacksonville as a surprise team in the division. Like if you want odds, you want to be able to cash on a ticket that you put something on – like there's real because Urban is a guy who can come in and change mm-hmm. the culture of the environment that he arrives in. That is fact based. Now it's the NFL; it's a different animal. We all know that, but he's got that juice right away, man. He always has. So there's guys that will buy into the belief of Urban and get get behind his message. And you never know; you never know. An eight, nine, nine, and eight can win the division at that point. Because I'm telling you, Tennessee 
is just not as good. I've had, I did a deep dive pod with a guy from Broadway sports on them. And I just look at their roster. The offense is good. The offense is good, but the defense is a genuine problem that I think that they're glossing over. Uh, and I think that that could lead them to some issues, especially if they get stung by depth related concerns. So I'm pumped to follow you guys. I'm so glad we connected in the blue wire network, John. I'm yeah, following for sure. you. I'm going to keep up on your Jags all year, man. Can you real quick for my listeners and I'll do the same uh, tell people, Derek, John, where they can find you so they can you can get some social interaction with uh, the up north, up north of the Georgia line here, <laughs> folks. Yeah, you can find and, and we really do appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. And uh, you can find us on Twitter at Down by the Bank, spelled out exactly the way it is. Um, you know, you can find me um, at JK the third. So JK D-A-T-H-I-R-D on Twitter. Derek, go ahead and shout out yours. Uh, T-H-A-D-R-O-C, the D-Rock. Uh Sometimes I'm on there. Sometimes I'm not. I use most most of the uh, most of the crap talk. I, we leave for this guy here uh, on, on I, I social just, media. I just uh, hope he I loves just, it. I just hope that we get out of Saturday, you know, without any of the strange things that have happened in Cleveland Browns versus Jaguars history. A lot of hail marys. Orlando Orlando Brown getting hit in the face with a penalty flag. Bottle gate. I just want Saturday to be. I want to show up tailgate, eat some wings, you know, and come back home. <laughs> Hell yeah, man. Well, listen, you guys have some fun, man. I'm, I am, uh, for your listeners at Jake underscore burns 18 on Twitter. I do film breakdown content as my writing profession. So if you are interested in some stuff that I will break down on the game specifically, you can find that at what's called the orange and Brown report. We are the OBR. So the orange and Brown report.com check out my Twitter handle. There's the OBR film BDN Twitter handle, which will have some film up there too. As we look at things, so I'm going to watch Trevor. I'm fascinated by him. I'm fascinated by what you guys are doing. We will connect, whether it's the playoffs this year or a regular season game, something next year. We'll link up, guys. Make sure my listeners, make sure you're listening. Uh, sorry, following these fellas down by the bank. They do great work. They're a blue wire pod, so it's nothing but love coming from that direction. And then if you are uh, listening from, from the Jaguar side, join us up in Cleveland. Uh, I think we got a path that you guys are really going to follow, and we're going to see success between these two franchises. So, guys, John, Derek, thanks again, man. Thank you. Thanks, Jake. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for joining us. Hopefully you learned something on the Jags. Hopefully you're ready, a little bit more ready than you were yesterday to watch Saturday's game with an understanding of what the opponent is trying to do, what they're looking for. That's what's important to me. And again, there are some really fun NFL storylines uh, with the Jaguars, so I thought they'd be fun to flesh out a little bit. Uh, thanks to John and Derek for joining us. Thanks to you guys for continuing to spread the word about this podcast. We're doing fantastic things. We're growing. I couldn't be more excited about where this goes for the regular season. Appreciate you guys being along for the ride. Sorry about the weather delay with Twitch. Maybe we'll come back and do that. Maybe we won't. I know for sure we will be live with the Saturday pregame show before the kickoff, 7 o'clock, we'll be talking about everything we need to talk about to prepare you guys for Saturday night's game. Even the reserves who are going to be playing, we're going to talk through all that stuff. So be prepared to join us live. We'll have one more pod before the game. We'll have a preview episode the morning of, so you can get ready to go. We'll talk about some key storylines, three things you should be watching from the Browns, three things you should be watching from the Jags, so you can have every bit of entertainment out of this first uh, preseason game, this tune-up game. Uh, that will be on Saturday night in Jacksonville. Thank you guys for listening. Appreciate you as always, and go Browns. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.